Announcing the commencement of the first purge. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. And this is our super special bonus review of The First Purge. So, Sergio. So, for like Purge 2014 or? No, it's of The First Purge from, well, I guess technically it's The Fourth Purge. Um, I, I don't know. I was trying to defuse your hacky joke, but it's so hard because it's confusing. It is confusing. Um, but anyway, um, this episode is going to air, I believe in May on our main feed, um, because we're doing that thing that we did last year when we're, we're just kind of pre-recording stuff for your finals Mm -hmm. week. I have two finals weeks though. You mean in the year? Yeah. Yeah. We do it in May and then in like November. So it's going to air in November? No, it's going to air in, oh, oh, okay, fine. November then. I forgot which month it was. Uh Uh-huh. Also December. Well, we're only taking one month off. Uh-huh. Anyway, sorry, I got confused about where in the year we were. We're already that deep in 2018. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but anyway, so this is going to come out in the main feed in May. Midterms. This November again, Brennan. Yeah, vote for whoever is in the midterms. Do it. So, Diane Feinstein, if you're from the great state of California, if you're from MOOC. Is she going to run for president? No, she's running. What are Brennan. the midterms for? <laughs> she's running for Senate. I mean, I, I know she's a senator. <laughs> She's not running for president. Okay. What were you saying about Mook? He's going to vote for Tammy Baldwin because he's from Wisconsin. Sure. I think. Yeah. Isn't he from Wisconsin? I mean, shouldn't blow up his spot, no, I guess. No, he's not. He is. He is? Yeah. Oh. I just don't want to like give them much personal information about specific listeners. Oh, okay. Well, you can take it all out. Take it all out, Brennan. I mean, I think it says it on his Twitter, so I think that's okay. But let's not like you know hand out his address or something. Okay. Um, anyway, so yes, this episode is coming out in November or just whenever you want to listen to it, you know, after November. <laughs> um, but if you're on our $3 tier for our Patreon, um, it's going to be right there for you to listen to us being very confused about Wisconsin. dates. Yeah, see? So okay. that's public information. It is. Yeah, Mook, it's public domain. We can use it as we please. Uh-huh. What other? Is that all it says? That he's a poor baby. Oh, yeah. He's a... Uh, He's poor and he's a weird baby. You got no time for him. We're allowed to say that. Don't worry about it. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We really do love our lo- our fans here. <laughs> In singular. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I think um, we have at least three yeah. that I've personally interacted with. Yeah. Tristan, and, Mook, mm-hmm. and Matt. And Matt, yeah. And the then, three amigos. Yeah. And we've got other people who pop in from time to time. And thank you to everyone. Robert Prudhomme, who just left us our review. Anyway, we're doing the first purge. Um, Anonymous. What? Oh, yeah, that, that, that beautiful ghost person who gave us five stars. Uh-huh. Exactly. Um, Fifteen people gave us five stars, and only like four of them were me. So They clearly, were all me. Clearly you know they were me. Well, by me, I mean uh-huh. you uh-huh. and us. Um, anyway, we're not the movie Gotti. We're not needlessly inflating our numbers. Um, anyway, here's the plot of the purge, the first purge. To push the crime rate below 1% for the rest of the year, the new founding fathers of America attest a sociological theory that vents aggression for one night in one isolated community. 
that isolated community being Staten Island, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, Staten Island. <laughs> it is isolated. To people from New York, it's isolated. Okay. And I mean, like, you can cut it off from the world. Uh-huh. But it's not freaking in the Adirondack, in the Adirondacks in, like, a cabin or something. Uh-huh. But when the violence of oppressors meets the rage of the others. Okay. The contagion will... Ex- what? This is really fancy writing. Did Walt Whitman write this? The contagion will... That was the only writer I could think of. <laughs> the contagion will explode from the trial city borders and spread across the nation. Okay. I mean, Sure. That's not really accurate. This is specifically about the experiment of the first purge on Staten Island. Um, basically, our hero is a drug kingpin played by uh, Yolan Noel, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, from Insecure. And he doesn't. He only takes his shirt off once, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's him and his ex-girlfriend and her little brother, and they got to fight off against the purge. And spoiler alert, um, the political people who really want the poor people to murder each other have sent in military troops dressed up as civilians to help the murderers along and make it look like the experiment's a success. Mm -hmm. And do you think the experiment called the first purge was a success, Sergio? Um, What's your scariness rating? (laughs) Well, to answer your first question, like what's my barometer for success? Like did people die? I mean, yes, they did. So then yes, it was a success. That's my barometer for success. Just for all things. Yeah. You're like, was this macaroni and cheese a success? Did it kill anyone? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, was it good? Was it scary? No. Two screams for me. <laughs> okay. Um, I would probably also give it two out of five screams. I think it's... The the Purge franchise isn't a very scary franchise. It's an uh. action horror. It, it kind of favors action and then jump scares. Mm-hmm. Um but I think this one is probably the least scary of all the Purge movies. There's like those scenes from the trailers or the ones where they're like walking across an alley and then someone just like shoots a machete out from like this plastic sheet mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And that's kind of like, ah, but nothing really comes of any of that. Yeah, I think the novelty of the Purges are kind of gone for me at this point. Maybe that or this one was just so run of the mill. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it's that. It's, it's that it's not really a horror thing 100% and uh-huh. it, it's kind of we're getting a little used to what they're serving us uh-huh. although I will say there is a part um, where they're like trying to investigate on the TV news which is the sole way that people deliver exposition in this movie is through just 80,000 80, montages of TV news it's like can we learn something from a character's actions and not just the TV telling us how things uh-huh. are um, but yeah th- there is a little thing about Many perjurers have chosen to wear masks. I wonder why this is. And it's like, because it's spooky. Mm-hmm. You also have a bunch of weird broken dolls lying around. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is one mask in that montage that's really good. Um, it looks kind is of... Is it the Michael Myers mask? <laughs> you mean the poster on the wall of the kid's room? Yes. Advertising the new Blumhouse Halloween movie? Yes. Uh, no, but although, I mean, that mask is cool. Sure. Um, but no, it's this white mask that this person's wearing that is kind of like 3D. It kind of looks like the poster for The Frighteners, if you've seen that poster. Is it on Is it on the DVD shelf behind me? It's actually not. I don't own it. I'll, bring, I'll pull up the poster for you. But, you know, every, everyone else in the world will know what I'm talking about. Probably not. Crickets. Um, Crickets across America right now. Is that the new uh, um, charity single? Yeah. Crickets across America. Yes. No, but that mask was good. I wish it was in more of the movie. 
Because the main villain of the movie, who is called Skeletor, and don't be fooled, he's not a cartoon character. Um, he, I don't know, he's this like crackhead with it, and his skulls like bulging out, mm-hmm. and he does look freaky, but he's not wearing a mask, and that's fine. Um, he does deliver a lot in his performance. I remember you coming out of the theater like that was the one thing you were really like commenting on. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, he was scary. Yes. There's nothing scarier than a crackhead. Like they're they're scary. No, I totally agree. Like that that's the thing that scares me the most. It's when people are unpredictable mm-hmm. and when you don't know what they're going to do and it's yeah. potentially a violent thing. Mm-hmm. Um and he definitely captures that. I think his performance is a little campy, which does lead us into our next thing. But Does he have a poster for me? Yes, this is the poster for the Frighteners. Dead yet. I feel like I remember this poster but at the same time I don't. I mean, the mask in the movie. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so what's your campiness score for the first purge? Three. Okay. And then it's bolstered entirely by the fact that they got Oscar winning actress Marissa Tomei to be in it. Oh my God. How did this happen? Like, I, I genuinely think they said, we're the people who made Get Out do a movie with us. And she was like, sure, that movie got nominated for Oscars. I'm not going to look up any other thing this company has made. Uh-huh. Um, and she's like, oh, it's the first Purge. I can start a franchise and just make a lot of paychecks. And it's like, nope, this is not how any of this works. I honestly think she's officially a featured extra in the movie. She's uh-huh. in about 45 seconds of it. Uh-huh. Oh, man. For a while, we weren't even sure if she ever even showed up to set or if it was just all filmed in front of a green screen. She, her edges looked fuzzy for a while. <laughs> oh, that was so rough, Sergio. Uh-huh. And she was blonde. I guess. Is that bad? I well, thought she looked great. Yeah, it just like, looked bizarre. Five my stars. Marisa Tomei Not is my a brunette. <laughs> I mean, and she wasn't naked, so it was hard to recognize her. She has scenes where she is... You've seen one movie with her. I've seen multiple. I was just... I don't know. Okay, I was not, just thinking of The Wrestler. Do not judge her by The Wrestler. That was an art house film, and she did what she needed to do to get that Oscar nom. But she won her Oscar for My Cousin Vinny. But she still needed another Oscar nom to remind people that she was a thing. Good point. Because otherwise, like, she was... I don't know. Anyway, so she's in this movie, and then she's like... What have I done? She's like a sociologist who's predicting people's um, human responses to this, like their actions, and be like, oh, this is when this is going to happen, and people are going to die off, and then like the action's going to die off at this certain point. She's really kind of like a boring character, if anything, but again, she's just there for exposition. Yeah, and they give her literally nothing to do. She doesn't even have a monologue. She does the thing that all terrible heroes in movies do, which is the instant they figure out what the bad guys are up to, they just tell the bad guys that they know. Yeah. Like the new founding father guy who looks like Sean Spicer walks in, and she's like, you've been dressing up the military as civilians, which is convenient for the trailer that lets us know what movie we're watching, Mm -hmm. because that line is in the trailer. But it's like, you didn't have to tell him that you knew, and then maybe he wouldn't have immediately murdered you yeah. like he did in this movie mm-hmm. um but yeah she does seem very shocked that her murder experiment led to a lot of murdering mm-hmm. which probably not a great psychologist but whatever well she was trying to guess uh how people would react without any kind of provocation she didn't factor in the idea that the government was going to release, like, essentially, what was it, Blackwater yeah. <laughs> into Staten Island. No, I get it. Like, I, I understand being scandalized by that scandal, but still, like, she's like, oh, no, the people I put at risk are being murdered. Mm-hmm. 
One thing that was funny and had the audience rip roar and laughing because it was truly one of them intellectual gut punches sure. was when uh, uh, the main heroine, I forget her name. Do you remember her name? Um, Lexa Scott Davis is the actress's name. Okay. Oh, it's Naya. Naya, Like yeah. Naya Rivera from Glee. Uh-huh. She was like about to be sexually assaulted by this one person. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We. Yeah, I know. It's whatever. But uh, she like she fights back. And like she screams at him, "You pussy grabbing mother effer!" And oh it's yeah, like, we all know who that yeah. is a reference to. You hear that phrase, you know who that's for. Well, yeah, so and it, it's not like this movie's particularly subtle. Literally, the poster was just a red hat that said "The First Purge" on it. Mm-hmm. Like this movie has really doubled down on the political. Literally, not subtext. It's super text. Mm-hmm. Like. It's, it's the text of the film. It's not even. It's like three. It's like the three D credits to Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. It's just zooming out into your face in front of the movie. Mm. Like this is what we're about. Um, and that actually, sorry, this is like a total digression from campiness, which I'll give it a two. Um, the fact that it is so political is one of the more interesting things about the Purge movies. I think it's not. Um, it's not the you know like academic text we need in our lives to teach us about politics because they're very dumb movies. Mm -hmm. And also, um, it's like, we need to explain how the nation came to the purge. And it's like, you know this isn't a real thing. You can't just present us a made-up thing and then pretend that, like, this is the real world. I I know that's how metaphors work and whatnot, and it, it, it is a metaphor for how the rich people treat the lower classes and what they kind of want them to do to each other and mm-hmm. you know the prison system and pumping guns into the inner cities and you know the war on drugs yada yada like it is okay maybe i talked myself out of thinking it was dumb i think mm-hmm. it works mm-hmm. um but it's just they are presenting this really heightened version of it and then specifically saying that thing they're doing is wrong and mm-hmm. it's like i know it's wrong that's why we're not doing it in real mm-hmm. life you think that they present it without subtlety and the fact that it's such a, like a jackhammer to the eyes that it um, detracts from the message that it's saying? Hmm. I don't know that it does that. It's just such it, – it's a sledgehammer. It hits you over and over the head with what it's saying, which is fine. Uh-huh. It, it is brave. I, yeah, it's brave. Like taking that kind of really obvious stance and then just daring you, yeah, you're going to still see this movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of people saw this movie. Um, sorry, I was try- I'm trying to avoid rambling, but it's summer and my brain's melting. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was trying to say flew out of my brain. So, um, that's great. Okay. Um, oh, no, no, no. The thing I like about the fact that this franchise is political is that after the first one, which was obviously about a rich white family, um, the, this movie has positioned minorities and like lower class people and badass women of color and just a lot of different. Uh, types of people who don't normally get like the leads in a film mm-hmm. and they're positioning them as the heroes. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's really incredible that this franchise does. Mm-hmm. I think there is a problem that this this hero in particular is specifically a murderous drug kingpin mm-hmm. um, because it's saying, oh, the people he chooses to murder in the like inner cities, that's his prerogative. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes a couple feints at like subtext showing that like, Oh, he is just as much of a cancer in the inner cities as what they're trying to accomplish with the purge. Mm -hmm. But then he's just the hero and he shoots a lot of people and you're supposed to cheer. And it's like, but this is still not great. Mm -hmm. He's still a problematic fave. 
Yeah, the, just the, the fact that he's explicitly being positioned as like a good man and a hero, in spite of what he has done to his own community, is like still not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There is well, one thing that they do is that they do kind of rob him of that uh, when they take out his whole, essentially, his military or his army, his gang well, of brethren. I don't know about that. I mean, well, because there's. Like, the Purge kind of amplifies a gang war, and there's a guy who tries to call out a hit on um, him. His character is Dimitri, mm-hmm. which was a very Russian-sounding name. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Um, is that more subtext? Probably not. <laughs> um, but yeah, but then he just, like, murders the hell out of a bunch of this rival gang. And I don't know. It, it, I just feel like the movie doesn't seem aware that... the vi- I don't know. I feel like I'm stepping into a bunch of like racial bear traps that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that Naya is a much more moral hero and we spend a lot less time with her. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. No, I think that's true. Naya really is the hero that we need in these movies. And she is the moral compass for the movies. We just spend quite a bit of time with her. The only yeah. thing, um, I think one problem with the films uh, is that they sort of have said they've come to require a male lead to take the reins to be that badass character it was frank grillo in movies two and three yeah you're right. it was ethan hawk arguably in the first movie um and now it's gonna be our friend whose name i always forget in this one yolan noel yolan noel which i don't know how to pronounce but that's my attempt uh-huh uh in this movie and so they just needed somebody to occupy that role and so i guess they picked his character um but you know, here's hoping that uh, the Purge Five has a female in that character. Yeah, because especially when you like the Purge election year, which we did review on the show, and I hated. Um, that movie has Betty Gabriel, and does not make her the lead, and that's so infuriating because she's so good and mm-hmm. her character is great in this terrible movie. Mm-hmm. And Naya is less good than Betty Gabriel because no one could be. Mm-hmm. Everyone who saw her in Get Out understands now. Why I stand for Betty Gabriel. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Betty Gabriel should just be a star of the Purge movies, and that's the end of that. So what's your effect score in general for this movie? I got two. Yeah, I agree. There was nothing that was good. There was one point, Yolanda uh, uh, Noel was kind of like slashing through a bunch of people. In the hallway in like the tenement building? I don't know if it was. I think it was outside in where there was a bunch of smoke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, I remember that. Okay. And it looked terrible. The CGI looked bad. The blood looked like it was just fake blood, like yeah. it was CGI blood. It was very digital. You could, like, see the mist-esque pixels. Uh-huh. Like, the action sequence itself was cool, but that particular scene was awful. And the Purge movies have never really been big on effects. No. Uh, you know, they have a little bit of gimmicks in that they have drones that now can kill you. Last movie, they just recorded you, from what I recall. Um... Oh, yeah, there were drones, weren't they? There. Whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so it was a do you, do you remember that the first one, the kid had this little, like, robot car that he drove around that had, like, a camera on it? No, oh. that was crazy. Anyway, no, I agree. These aren't, like, effects showcase movies. Um, let's move on to overall quality. Um, what do you think you're landed on with your rating? I think I'm going to give it a two. Yeah, me too. Like... Only because there was nothing really special about it. I feel like the budget for this one might have been down from the last one. Probably. Uh, which is a shame because I feel like I like some of the characters more. 
Yes, th- this movie is much less odious than that movie. Uh huh. Because the last one involved like uh, porn star senator, uh, and so I didn't like her. Um, I much was more interested in Nina's character in this movie, as well as um, the amoral slash moral character that Yolan Noel played. I found we could explore a little bit more with him. But, you know, the movie isn't really like a character study into what it mm-hmm. needs to be, you know, uh, a drug dealer who doesn't really care who he injures so long as, you know, he gets paid at the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, That's Moonlight. Moonlight explores that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I, I don't want to say I didn't like I, I don't want to say I didn't like spending time with this character that we did with Dimitri because he is like a cool, badass action hero guy, or at least he becomes that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that there's a lot of um, political subtext that they don't realize they're creating because they're so busy wielding that sledgehammer that they're not thinking about the finer points of mm-hmm. things. But I, I did like him. Mm-hmm. Like he's a good actor. He's great and insecure. Um, he's very hot. Yeah. Um, and that's that's what I need from him. Um, although I will say the uh, like third act confrontation is almost entirely takes place within a strobe effect, which because of my photosensitivity, I can't really watch. Mm-hmm. But also, I just think that's so overplayed, too. Like Blum- Blumhouse, like, just Blumhouse has done that sequence at least a couple times. Um, most recently, I think, in the end of Hush, when she's using that um, her like fire alarm mm-hmm. to flash on the killer. And it's like, look, I get it flashing lights and make things look cooler than they are like it's mm-hmm. i don't need 20 full minutes of people being shot in a flashing light it gets really old really fast mm-hmm. um any other thoughts on the movie um i'm interested in seeing where they take the franchise from here because they went back in time now yeah. so at some point these timelines are going to clash well did you know they're making a tv series I did know, but I thought that was up in the air. No, it is a 10-episode miniseries that's coming out this fall, I believe. What? Like, MTV? I think USA. I don't Sorry. That's okay. Um, no, I did not know that. Yeah, apparently we left during the credits because we saw a late showing and it was like past midnight when we got uh-huh. out. Um, but apparently in the credits, they just like play a commercial for the TV show. Cool. <laughs> and it's not even like a Marvel-esque and credits teaser it's just a commercial <laughs> is it um are the characters from this movie in the tv show um i don't believe so i'm gonna look it up um i think i looked up to see if betty gabriel was in the show because that's the only thing i care about and mm-hmm. i don't believe she is um i think it's set during like those purges just kind of in the middle of everything mm-hmm. um yeah it's due to premiere on tuesday september 4th of this year Oh, Gabriel Chavaria is in it. Um, he was in War for the Planet of the Apes and Lowriders, our favorite movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a bunch of random people. But maybe if the show becomes a huge hit, they'll all be superstars and then we'll know them. Ooh, this guy's hot. All right, I'll watch this show. His name is David Kensey. We have and so many things we have to watch already. You're right, but maybe we'll finish them by September. Maybe we'll finish Sensate and Riverdale and The Handmaid's Tale. I like his Playboy Bunny tattoo. Yeah. And that's just in his headshot on IMDb. Do you think he worked like for um, Chippendales or something? Maybe. Are they part of Playboy? No. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, he looks great. So let's watch that show. We could do like little little reviews of the show for our Patreon friends. Okay, Which sure. I'm sure we'll have dozens of by September. We'll see. Fingers crossed. 
I just I don't want to do a bunch of these things, Brennan, to like one subscriber. You know, I completely understand. Um, I'm worried that this project was me being Marissa Tomei, and then it's going to fail spectacularly, and like whatever. Uh-huh. Um, but I have hope that we can wear people down to be interested. We'll see. In our rambling, although I'm not sure this episode is like a sterling example of the great content you're going to get. This also us. isn't going to air until November, so. No, I mean I'm putting this on the feed immediately. Oh, really? But like our main show feed, this isn't coming out till November. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the first purge, it. I'm just like sweating all of the knowledge directly out of my body. It's been a real process for me. I feel like I'm free. I'm cured of the purge. I have purged all of my bad juju. Mm-hmm. Um, what else happened in the purge? Oh, um, there was a design element I didn't like very much, which was that um, the people who are putting on the purge give some of the like purgers that they're paying to be there, they give them like these video camera contact lenses. So they can have like a POV of from the purgers of what's going on that night. Mm-hmm. And um, it gives all the people these weird glowing demon eyes. And it's really distracting. It's really dumb. Yeah, it looks very lame. Because they didn't introduce that in any of the other films. So I don't need know why you would introduce this new effect into this particular movie. I mean, I guess because it's the first experiment. So you want to see how it plays out like on a person-to-person level. But it was still really dumb. And that's also the problem with a prequel is that um, any movie that is a follow-up to a previous movie needs to do it like bigger and add something. But when it's a prequel, it story-wise needs to be more stripped down. Mm-hmm. It needs to be simpler. But part of being like the fourth movie in a franchise is that, oh, we need a new thing. But it just doesn't make sense as part of the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, your new thing could have been Marissa Tomei if you'd actually done anything with her. Oh god! They didn't just—they didn't even give her a good like shouting line. She just was like, didn't even give her a good dying sequence. She died. You mean her, her body double died? Yeah, her body double got shot in a tiny Some kind little of parking lot. Yeah, like in picture a camera. In picture. Yeah, oh, so bad. Mm. How would you rank the Purge movies? Do you think? Um, it's been a while since I've seen the rest of them. Uh-huh. Uh, so I want to say the second one was first in my opinion. Agree. Anarchy, then the original. Agree, um, uh, and then electioneer, maybe tied with this one. Okay, I'm putting electioneer and this one together hand in hand, only because I feel electioneer probably got a bigger budget than this one did. But does that mean it's better? Um, it means that it did. It was allowed to do more. Okay, this one That's felt fair. smaller and more contained, which was cool. Uh-huh. Um, but it also felt more constrained. Okay, contained and constrained. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I am giving the same score to this movie in Election Year, but mm-hmm. I just really had a powerfully negative spon- response to Election Year, despite mm-hmm. the fact that it gave me Betty Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I'm ranking the first purge a little bit above it, but they're really on the same level. Um, they're like really brash and bold and in your face and kind of dumb and not really understanding what to do with that boldness. Mm-hmm. Um I think election year probably had better just random shots of crazy stuff happening during the purge where like in between scenes, it would just pan past someone like with sparklers under a tree or whatever. And are those scenes in this movie are much more lame. Mm-hmm. Like two old ladies with a shopping cart attaching dynamite to little dolls. Yeah, it was lame and it was such a joke. And so many, there were so many odds and ends to this movie. Uh, oh Yeah. 
Like they were characters that I introduced that they never really returned to. Like the three old guys sitting in lawn chairs yeah. that very clearly are supposed to be the like McKelty Williamson character from uh, election year. Yeah. And then vanish from uh-huh. the movie. There was a character who got like a special cutaway too. like, oh, we're going to pay you to stay on the island and to act out your innermost demons. And we never see what happens to her again. Yeah, you're right. This this movie seems like it did get chopped and screwed a lot in the editing room, mm-hmm. which I think Blumhouse does tend to do. They do tend to go into reshoots for a lot of their movies, and usually it works fine. But this one, you can kind of smell it. Mm-hmm. Like something something got pulled out. Something's rotten in Denmark. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that like a quote from Macbeth? No, Hamlet. Oh. Sorry. Okay. Um. Anyway, I, th- I think that's the end of this episode. Yes, it is, Polonius. Oh, you got me there. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us five stars, um, and we will love you forever. Our theme song is uh, A Beat for You by Pseudo Echo. And you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to tell you what we're watching next week. In the future, in November. But first, I gotta go look at the schedule that I have written down on my wall. So, Sergio, can you vamp for like a minute while I go look? Uh, I'm looking to see when this is gonna air and tell you who you should vote for if you're in certain states. Okay, please do. So, okay, so this is gonna air in November on the 2nd. So, it's a good almost a week before Election Day. Wisconsin, Tammy Baldwin, North Dakota, Heidi Heidkamp. West Virginia, Joe Manchin, Missouri. No, if, if you're in West Virginia, Claire you have to vote for Mountain Mama. No, Brennan. And take me home. Joe Manchin. Don't throw take your vote away. Too many people did that in 2016. <laughs> okay. And um, Montana, okay. John Tester. Pennsylvania, okay. Bob Casey. You're not even looking at anything. Ohio. Is in your brain? Yes, Sherrod Brown. You're a genius. Michigan, Debbie Stabenow. No, you got to vote for Michigan. Florida. Uh, okay, 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 we get it. Bill Nelson. Okay. Thank you. Um, Arizona, Kristen Cinema. If everything goes according to plan, um, next week we will be reviewing The Meg. Nevada, Jackie Rosen. Okay, uh, good luck on your journey, everybody. And stay gold, everybody. Bye. Go vote. Okay. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out and do a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy. At podpeople.me. That was was really fun and not awkward at all. (laughs) Bye.